Hello and welcome to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast, episode 11 of our pay-per-view reviews. And we are live from the Worcester Centrum in Worcester, Massachusetts, easy for me to say, <laughs> uh, April 27, 2003. The fallout from WrestleMania 19 falls here at Backlash 2003. How are you doing, Stuart? Very well, Mark. Always a pleasure. How are you? Aye, good. Aye, um, I really enjoy going back to this area. I think this is the first sort of ruthless aggression one we've done, so... Yeah, this is bang smack in the middle of your era. Yep. <laughs> Taz is on commentary and there's no WCW in sight. <laughs> it's great. Uh, sweeter times, you know, where the grass is greener and pastures are new. Um, 10,000 fans in attendance. I'm not sure on how many paid and how many comps were. Um, the live gate was around $450,000. So if everybody paid, it would be $45 per ticket. So I imagine there were some... Um, comps. Some comps there, yeah. Um a show managed 349,000 pay-per-view buys worldwide. Um, not bad in the later markets, certainly, um, post um, Monday Night Wars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The previous year's backlash was 400,000, so the business has slightly fallen. Um, WrestleMania 19 only did around 560,000 buys worldwide, um, which is pretty poor. Um, obviously, we spoke about it on Batista's episode last week. Um, that WrestleMania 21 did like 1.09. So that's two years later. So it did pick up, but it's only that's about half. Um, of yeah, that. Even, so even compared to the previous years, eighteen and seventeen, which were box office bonanzas. Yeah, so it, it seemed to be a bit slow on that front. But obviously, it was a time when they were trying to find new talent. Um, obviously, I mean, event being cut and on Brock Lesnar at the time as well. So um, yeah. I think you sort of nail on that slide a wee bit. Um, don't normally mention Heat or pre-shows when we do the smaller pay-per-views, but on Heat, Scott Steiner defeated Rico <laughs> in two minutes. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Devastated it wasn't on the main card. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was only two, uh, two minutes long, so I don't think you missed an awful lot there. Um, eight matches to get through, so why don't we fire in? Eh? Um, Let's. Open a promo package highlighting The Rock and Goldberg. That's going to be our main event. Um, the Rock doing it all and being Mr. Hollywood and Goldberg's streak, of course. That's what they're highlighting here in, in the, the promo package. Um, very, very good promo package. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, very nice. Opening pyro and a unique set, as we like, and and, and ruthless aggression. Actually, there are all those. You know, these were the proper pay per view sets, but they had yeah. something to them. Um, and a, a great start up match to kick us off. A nice treat. Um, WWE Tag Team Championships on the line. Team Angle, a team of Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin against Los Guerreros, um, Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero, respectively. Um, were you delighted when you seen this card? This it match was. On the card? But it was also a double-edged sword because I knew this was going to be the best match in the card and it was all downhill after that. Uh, yeah, it is. It's got it, was, it was sort of sort of right, but, I mean, these it's are four of your best wrestlers. Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, which makes me, I've got a wee theory of why you like Taz so much. It's because you don't like him because of the quality of matches that he gets to call on SmackDown. <laughs> you, you, could, you could be absolutely right. <laughs> you know, anybody would sound good with those sort of matches that the guys were putting on mm-hmm. back then. Um, 
So Team Angle um, was formed in December of 2002. Kurt Angle had a legitimate neck injury um, after winning the world title at Armageddon from Brock Lesnar. Uh, and in order to have him ready for Brock Lesnar at Mania, sorry, it wasn't Brock Lesnar, but it was Big Show. Um, so in order yeah. for, to be ready for Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19, you need to sort of use him as little as possible. Um, he could still work through it, um, and he did go for surgery after WrestleMania 19. So to do that, um, Paul Heyman managed him at the time. They brought in Benjamin and Charlie Haas as Team Angle, um, to sort of be as, as posse, if you like. Um, yeah. Really, really good introduction and two genuine amateur wrestlers, um, collegiate wrestlers, um, and, and you know, they, they, they earned their spot there and they did really, really well with it, wouldn't you agree? Uh, in terms of like a, see, like a kayfabe wrestling stable, like actual wrestlers, this, this is the pinnacle. Yeah. Obviously, you've got your kind of a, your evolution, you, you know what I mean, these kind of stables, but in terms of like wrestling, this is it. It doesn't yeah, get better than this. Shoot wrestlers who yeah, yeah, done yeah. well in the sport. Mm. Uh, doesn't get any better. And and, and two other guys who can absolutely go, um, Eddie and Chavo Eddie and his nephew Chavo. Chavo <laughs> looking huge, man. See, but the last time we seen him in WCW, he is a monster right now. Um obviously still small in comparison to Eddie, but fuck me, he has been banging the growth of Chavo. Yeah. You're hitting the weights and hitting the stake. <laughs> the, the the pairing of the, the lost Guerreros, I feel like mm. I don't think did he see did WCW ever do that? Uh, I don't recall. I only ever recall them feuding with each other. Yeah, sorry, to put you on the spot there. But no, you know, no, it's just it just seems such a natural fit and a natural pairing. I always and, felt Chavo come in later. I only ever remember Chavo feuding with Shane Helms in WCW, which is kind of near the end. He may have been really late on to get into yeah, WCW. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what a duo. They started off as heels, um, but I think their infectious humour, their hilarious skits, mm-hmm. absorbing the lie, cheat and steal moniker. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and the, the thing that's most unique about that is when guys lie, cheat and steal, they get booed. But as soon as the girls said, we lie, cheat and steal, and they mm-hmm. weren't happy, they weren't, they weren't ashamed to hide it. Mm-hmm. The crowd got behind it. Oh, their absolute heel mentality, but it's so heel that it comes round to a face again. Like, it goes full circle. It's... I don't so recall unique. this ever been done again. Yeah, yeah I've, written that, I've written that exact same thing. It's only unique to these two, it's all these two characters. It's, it's all Eddie. It I mean, is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you can't you can diminish Chavo in his role. Um, you know, he serves a purpose there as well. And, he does, absolutely. Uh, I've written, you know, do you think it was maybe difficult to see Eddie get into the world title without Los Guerreros? It certainly boosted his kind of standing. His, his, his uh, charisma shone very, very brightly during this era. Yeah. Cause I, th- I think, if you remember, his singles run in WWE, he was primarily heel. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Before the, this, anyway. Latino he was babyface with China for a bit. Yeah, but, Latino you know... Primarily heel, so this sort of turned them babyface, and re- and you could tell with this match, you know, the crowd were chanting Eddie for a long, long time. Yeah, well, um, you, don't, you don't get to the top just being a heel or just being a face. You do, you do need to. As soon every time you go up a level, you need to flip, and that's just yeah. how wrestling is. Um, he is the best at it. So into the match, but Benjamin and Haas enter to Angle's music and their gorgeous velvet team Angle tracksuits. I want one. <laughs> I, I, also, I loved the the frame poster, the Angle that they brought out. <laughs> yeah, so they brought out like a big picture of Kurt Angle and he had these gold medals around him and they had it mm-hmm. on like a, a stand, like a memorial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously Angle's are we having neck surgery um, and we're covering it this time. Um, shoot, so um, yeah, I think he'd be back in June um, of this year. So Charlie Haas and Eddie Guerrero start the contest. Um, I was gutted Eddie and Chavo never came out in a car 
but we'll get to it. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to it. <laughs> so, they, they, it's, as you expect, um, some standard wrestling, and we get a steal meet between those two. Um, I like that. Um, I, I did like that Eddie was playing Team Angle's game. It was just it was out wrestling them, which I yeah. thought was very very good because obviously Eddie's a, a good amateur wrestler as well, but yeah. it just doesn't get mentioned in the in the way that the World Greatest Tag Team. Because that's also yeah, their gimmick. That, that is their character. Yeah, that is their gimmick. Whereas Eddie, you know, his gimmick is slightly different, but he can still go. Yeah. Um, and, and I miss that as well, you know, because a lot of guys, they put it to their character too much where they do, you know, they've got their moveset and that's it. Yeah. But, like, people always remember Eddie for his frog splash and stuff like that. But see, when it came down to this stuff, he was one of the best. Yeah, go. definitely. Um, did you like the point um, Eddie was going to tag out to travel and Eddie chant starts? So yeah. they stop. Yeah. They soak in the chant, and then mm-hmm. once it stops, Eddie points at Chavo, and the crowd cheers. So Chavo hops up, and it sort of gets him over a wee touch. You it know, does. It does. About Chavo. Yeah. Just on the spot, really, really nice. You know, you can't, you can't teach that. Um, he is. He's one of the best at kind of changing stuff, just like there and then, isn't he? Like he yeah. can react to a crowd like no one else. Ah, oh, how good is Eddie? Yeah, oh, he's like, so I, good. I, I missed. Obviously, I never got to see him live. Alive. It was, it was long gone by the time I was going to shows. Of course, um, but I think that. That would be in terms of a live event feel. How mm. good would it be to see Los Guerreros in a live event? You know, just that sort of chemistry, especially Eddie, you know, in particular. But yeah, that sort of you, chemistry and that show charisma. You have the stories. I think Matt Hardy tells the stories a lot, Edge, just how good Eddie was to work on live events because you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to prep backstage at all. You could literally call everything in the ring because Eddie was so smooth. Yeah. Oh, one of the best. One of the yeah. best. So we get that sort of we get Benjamin coming in and they they two sort of pair off as well um, and it's that sort of you know they're getting a steal mate they're they're, they're meeting each other move by move um, it suits all four men to be honest because Chavo can go as well um, we get a boring chant did you notice this I don't think that's what they were shouting so I said that as well because I'm like surely not nah it's, it it sounds like it, it wasn't there's there's no way I did note it. Um, I can't imagine it was born the worst round. No, no, I'm not going to come on here and just not drag it. Massachusetts for no. the shite back in no 2003. Way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, so, um, Guerrero's um, take, take charge, um, working the arm of Shelton, I believe. Um, there was a really, really nice spot as well where every time. Edgar was in the ring, Chavo would be choking them on the on the on the ropes and stuff like that. Loved it. Um so but the crowd are cheering for it and that's what I'm saying yeah. earlier on. It's just it's bizarre. <laughs> it's I, I just I like that um but the World Greatest Tag Team did that as well. So like they're they're mirroring mirroring each other's moves. Yeah. So like the Guerreros are out wrestling and they're cutting off the the ring so they kinda get the tag, but but the same means the World Greatest Tag Team are like doing the Guerrero's light cheat steel spot. They're, they're choking them behind the rest back and stuff like that. Yeah. Ah, wrestling. Very <laughs> tit for tat, I loved it. It was, um, it was. Uh, Benjamin's suplexes and slams are so crisp. Yeah. They are These two guys gorgeous. are rookies, you know, in terms of your yeah. WWE yeah. sort of yeah. standpoint. Mm-hmm. So they, they held up so well. And yeah. I think, you know, the, the best guys to come through the business are your amateur wrestlers, aren't they? Because they've always got oh, the fundamentals. Yeah. They've always got Unless, the basics yeah. there. Oh, 100%, 100%. Look at Angle. Like, that's the kind of prime example. Um, unless you get stuck with a shorty G gimmick, then you generally make it just fine. Yeah. I feel bad for Chad. I really do. Um, Team Angle hit the broken arrow, I believe it's called, which is their sort of their finish manoeuvre. So they sort of bridge the opponent between Haas's shoulders with his uh, feet and then yeah. over the top rope and then shit on top. Leapfrogs Charlie Haas and lands on his like, lower spin. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. really nice move. I think that's what it was called. I couldn't find an exact um, name for it, but I think uh, that's I seen called. someone. I, I I thought I heard someone refer to it as the electric stun gun. 
Which oh, it may have been. Because the stun gun is the wrap up in the top, like, see, kind of flapjack in the top yeah. row, but they kind of hit him there. Yeah, I like that in him. I like nice. it. Um, so Eddie comes in and cuts off. Um, sorry, Eddie, Eddie's actually taking the beat down for a while, um, and Chavo makes the save, which I find a little bit bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they keep the pressure on Eddie when you're thinking, well, truly Eddie's the bigger baby face, he'd be get to come in and get the hot get tag. Get the hot tag, yeah. Um, just, a, just a, a wee note. Um, Hass attempts to sidewalk slam Eddie at one point and he sort of hurricane runners him out of it. It was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Flawless transition. Um, but we could be saying that about everybody moves in there, every move in this oh, match. Oh, 100%. Watch this match. Like, yes. Fucking hell, this is good. Mm. Um, uh, Eddie's three amigos. Oh, the crowd are having all of it, man. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're eating it up. They're, oh, they're wanting afters as well. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, the only thing is, like, Shelton, the only one... Minor flaw of this match is Shelton just about makes it in time to break the count, and but I don't think actually that I've seen the referee count three. Yeah, it, it just mm, I wouldn't know about it. I think there was a couple of close calls on this one because I've picked yeah. it up in later matches as well, um, yeah. where they were kicking out too late or getting to them too late, etc. Um, mm-hmm. So we um, has he's a frog splash from Eddie, which is always gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. Chavo goes for the cover, but Shelton pulls him off. Um, into the outside. Shelton then throws Eddie into the steps and his Chavo picks up Haas in the ring for like a, I think he goes up for a suplex. Yeah, up for a suplex, yeah. Um, Benjamin pulls Chavo's leg from underneath him, Haas falls down and... Um, the old Bobby Heenan finish. Yeah, Benjamin holds onto uh, Chavo's leg on the outside. So, Team Angle get the win. Uh, they steal one in 15 minutes, in three seconds. Um, and then in post-match, Eddie Guerrero cross-bodies both men on the outside and they steal the tag belts, which is fun. It's just nice, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed the match. I think we probably put it over enough as we went through it. It was just fantastic. Oh, fucking incredible tag team opener. This is this is what SmackDown was all about at the time. Well done, Paul Heyman. Absolutely amazing. Crisp wrestling, good storytelling, good back and forward. A clear divide between heel and faces. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the heels get the win using heel antics, but the fun-loving baby faces get their heat back after the loss. Obviously, stealing the belts. Uh, perfect. Could have watched this for another ten minutes. It was that good. Yeah, four guys all technically sound, delivering a well-worked, good storytelling, 15-minute opener. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a pure treat. Um, I could, it was. I could, I could watch it again and again and yeah, again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning <laughs> <laughs> um, So the, the, the afters, um, Eddie and Chavo are backstage. They hop in a gorgeous, sparkling green lowrider. Mm. Um, they get in, beat the <laughs> hilariously Mexican horn, bounce with the hydraulics, Leaving the tag team in the in the ring mortified, um, just nice again, just more building on the characters. Of those <laughs> yeah, two, I liked that um, they were kind of looking at the photo of Angle for advice, like as if he was actually there. Yeah. Ah, so good. <laughs> so good. are just uh... mm-hmm. so we, we go from the best of the ruthless aggression era to the worst. Um, we see Test backstage, um, fucking rapey Test, big eh? rapey Test. Mm-hmm. Um, Tori telling her him to leave her alone. Test being a bit of a sex pest, and um, the spell already being with Stacy. Um, I mean, as one note, I mean, come on. Stacey's enough for fucking exactly. five men, never Holy made one. Uh, <laughs> um, he once he's uh, that, that means kisses, but it's a more <laughs> Scottish term. Uh, um, Tory and avoids a slap. She walks away, and then we see Mrs. Lesnar Sable, who's been hiding in a cupboard, um, listening in, and she wanders off, likely to grasp Tory in. Um, and we'll see that story play out as the show goes on. <laughs> Oh, women were booked so poorly back then. It was just, yeah, just watching it, I was like, oh, what a shame. Um, I mean, they try and make the most of it, but it's... Mm-hmm. it's You're either eye candy, a valet, or a bitch. Like, yeah. that's the three options you had back yeah, then. Yeah, no kidding. Aye. Um, 
Scottish Soldier plays a famous Scottish bagpipe song. It's Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I forgot about this. Uh, <laughs> I forgot this was in this pay per view. Mm. Um, so I can't, I can't believe Piper's still getting a pop in 2003. Unbelievable. I was so... furious. Furious when he came out. <laughs> uh, as I said, yeah, he's, he's apparently playing heel here as well when he gets a pop. Um, he comes out with a basket full of coconuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and introduces a would-be monster-drinking goth, Sean O'Hare. Um, setting up here <laughs> on the podcast already. Uh, I think Shawnee boy's been on the grove since we've seen him at Greed. <laughs> Holy fuck, he's still in size. You think so? <laughs> uh, okay. uh, oh, dear. I, I've, I've written still shite. Um, oh, 100%, 100%. Um, Piper returned at Mania 19 in the Hogan-McMahon match. Um, I think he cost Hogan the match, if I remember correctly. Um it cost something a match, I can't remember. Um, so, God knows why they brought him back, but he's, he's tr- here trying to get over Sean O'Hare, who's going to be facing off with Big Keish, Rikishi. Um, mm. So, basically, what this is mirroring is Roddy Piper's feud with Jimmy Snooker back in the day. Yeah, only, only Piper's no long. <laughs> well, he wasn't working back then either, so <laughs> believe me. <laughs> um, um, ah, this so, is... I, he's, he's cracked Rikishi with a coconut, hasn't he? So, this is like mm-hmm. this. Um, so Rikishi comes down, chases both men around. Um, takes it, it's funny because you know when, when the numbers game was against him and he was still out doing both men, which you don't normally see. Yeah, because he's bigger. Yeah, um, <laughs> but all, all punches, kicks, and clotheslines, um, and a good old neck crank after two minutes um, to slow down for Sean O'Hare. So um, mm. rest hold within two minutes, um, standard. Could start booing quite loudly. It actually, did. it was um, because someone was getting ejected. Uh, that's exactly what it was because they booed and then um, they must have kind of went to let them back in and they cheered and then they just booed again when something got kicked out because yeah. uh, the, the, the crowd weren't looking at them actually they were looking off towards the commentator yeah, so something, something happened in the crowd yeah the commentator said something about paper but oh, the papers have done nothing there yeah, exactly um, it was, they're, they're booing paper is what they said having done nothing uh, yeah. there, was, there was heat but it wasn't for this match yeah um, <laughs> they tried their best um, mm-hmm. so paper comes in the ring um, and then both men sort of kick each other. So Piper then leaves the ring and then he's comes a, back in. So he misses his cue. Basically, he's out his tits, mate. He's yeah. out his tits. He missed about four cues. He tried that. This is he tried to go home early here. This is what happened. Yeah. Um, he's just stumbling about like a tit in a trance. <laughs> he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know what's happening, man. He's he ain't got a clue. Oh, he's a fucking. Um, idiot. He tries to hit Rikishi with a coconut. Um, he blocks it. Rikishi takes a coconut, and smashes Piper on the head. Yeah, he it's serves like a fuck. Um, and O'Hare picks up the big man and hits his finisher. I'm not sure what it's called, uh, but it's like a sort of fireman's carry driver thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Nice. Um, it wasn't quite a Death Valley driver, but it was somewhat similar. Yeah, um, so he gets the win, um, and if Piper didn't bleed, he would bleed in the hard way with a coconut, which was weird as well, because I don't think coconut's relatively sharp. <laughs> mm. um, I can see they try to get Sean over, but he's got zero character. Um, seems solid enough in the ring, but just nothing else to him. Four minutes, 52 seconds. It, it was bizarre, like, he was doing all the kind of vignettes, the kind of, uh, you know, the... Ah, it was weird ones, because he did one, um, when he was, he was dressed up as Santa at the mall, and he was trying to get the truth out there about Santa uh, not being uh, real, it, and then he did stuff about um, cheating and... Yeah, so yeah, he was, he was, he was trying to be like a kind of a devil's advocate kind of character in the big leather jacket and stuff, uh, trying to get people to kind of cheat in their ways, trying to get people to gamble, trying to, like, like just try to um, encourage people to be sinful. Yeah. But, Aye, that 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 might work, and then they fucking come out with paper. Like what? what are you yeah, doing? it's almost like they just abandoned the gimmick. You know, they absolutely they did. Go full on and just mm-hmm. aye, and and you know pick apart people. You know that have got 
wrongdoings in their storyline or in their character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pick apart people like, I don't know, maybe I could have went to Devon and said you used to be a reverend but you abandoned your faith. You know, um, good for you sort of thing. I don't know. Just yeah. trying to off the top of my head, you know. No idea where it could have gone. I, I fucking hated the gimmick in the association with paper. Let's just move on. Um, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as expected, Sable Grass's Tory backstage to Stacey Keebler, um, and they've Delisa Grass. Um, and then that's really that, that, that segment. Mm. We see RVD and Kane backstage talking about their upcoming match against the Dudleys and Chief Morley as a special guest referee, which is up next. Um, do you like that wee promo? Oh, aye. <laughs> Belter. <laughs> Full of character. Uh, so the World Tag Team Championships are on the line. Dudleys versus RVD and Kane, and as I said, Chief Morley, um, formerly Val Venus. Uh, he was given that gimmick in November of 2002, becoming Eric, Eric Bischoff's Chief of Staff. Um he would be at its sidekick for a while before winning the tag belts with Lance Storm in March, and they would drop them to Kane and RVD um, on the row after WrestleMania. Um, the Dudleys had sort of been on and off siding with Morley and Bischoff and against them. Um, yeah, so it's like Bubba's all for it, and so Bubba's the one. Yeah, he's, yeah. Do, he's doing the talking, and Devon's no, no, quite pleased with it because yeah. um, he's a man of God, don't you know? Um, mm. So Morley, that's a, that's, a, that's a link to last week's show, by the way. You need to watch the Easter show. <laughs> um, so uh, Morley's appointed himself referee to help the Dudleys get the titles from Kane and RVD. Um, so RVD and Kane will be teamed in late November, sort of as an odd pairing, which seemed to be mm-hmm. the theme of Kane's career up to this yeah, point, definitely. Doom Pack, etc. Um, the anger issues of Kane and the zen of RVD, it, it does work well. Yeah, it works. It? It's the, the big man and the athletic guy, it, just, it's, it works. Yeah. Um, Old uh, RVD's old theme song, brilliant. Before brilliant, they yeah, became, I knew you'd yeah. have noted that. I've written that oh, down. I've written down RVD's theme song in brackets. Stuart. <laughs> 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 so Bubba Ray jumps the gun. He attacks RVD, and we sort of get a stalemate as if they've sort of had some great Matt wrestling when they really hadn't. Oh, um, the, f- the the it's the classic kind of a uh, um, RVD and Sabu spot for ECW, the fish out of water spot, where they're both kind of a. Uh, uh, doing their flips, doing this, like, Bubba, mate, no, <laughs> it's not for you, mate. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not he, a wrestler, he tried know. his best, but uh, he's, he's a very punch-kick-a-fear kind of guy. Did you um, like, um, I don't know if you noticed this or no, uh, Chief Morley enforces the no-closed-fist rule. Yes. So when wrestlers are obviously landing in the closed fist, he will slap the inside of his hand, indicating that you need to have your oh, hand, hand open. Ah, yep. oh, popped, man. Popped Morley has done his research on how a referee <laughs> does his job. He was he, the best part of this match. He calls this down the middle for 90% of he it. He does, he um, does. And he's fantastic. And for a while, he's he forget the... he's a special guest referee. Exactly. He's doing so well. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the best referees I've seen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, did you enjoy um, RVD doing his pose? RVD. And then Bubba Dudley doing his. Bubba yeah. Ray Dudley. Mm-hmm. Pop me. Big, um, big, big time heat for Bubba there. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he might not be a class technical wrestler, but he knows how to work a crowd. Yeah, and you know, he's, he's, one of, he's, one of he's, got, he's got experience at the highest level, um, so he's mm. not an A game, he's due. Um, we have Kane coming in, um, he rallies a bit before he no-sells no Devon's offence, and it just about kicks his head off with a big boot, which is lovely. Um, yeah. I thought their exchange was pretty messy. It, it seemed like um, uh, it wasn't botched, but it wasn't like well-timed either. It was like, mm, it's about... Yeah, I think that's maybe why Kane just... Just, just hit me a couple of times and I'll boot your head off because it was yeah. like, you know, we're only, they weren't getting anywhere. Um, Kane has, nice has a spine buster. Spine buster, yep. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> the, Kane, the Kane always do that. Just I, don't ever, I don't ever recall ah, Kane has a spine buster. Because you know, you know when people do a move and you go, right, write that down. And when you see people do a move and you go, oh my. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was a Kane was. I did the Michael Cole. Oh my. His, uh, he usually does the kind of side power slam, you know. That's that's what he usually does. I've never seen him hit a spine buster. Yeah. But it gets to land in his knees, so he's happy with that. 
RVD comes in, um, he hits the split legged moonsault, and um, Bubba turns it round with a sidewalk slam, and they hit the what a headbutt. Um, <laughs> never gets old. Um, no. Morley is distracted with Kane, and we get quite a lot of we want tables chance, um, which is just one of those things that's always been associated with the Dudleys. That's all we've got. Yeah, and I feel like, do you think that's just one of those, the curse of getting something over too much that it actually detriments yeah, your character it's, a bit? It's, it's the curse of getting the gimmick over more than the actual wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as if people cheer for the chair when Van Damme's in the ring to do the Van Dammeinator, kind of, the Van Terminator, sorry. Nah, it's just, it's it's just because it's overused, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the Dudleys maintain control of the match, um, wearing RVT, RVD down, beat him down, um, and he gets a heel kick out of nowhere and gets a hot tag to the big red machine. Uh, he comes in, he runs through both guys, um, has a big backdrop body drop before clotheslines both men into the corner, um, drops Devon with a sidewalk slam, the slam you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. tags in RVD, who takes Devon down off the top rope, um, who I think is a legal man at this point. Tag matches seem to break down quite a lot. <laughs> um, Especially with Dudley's. <laughs> yeah. Hits a rolling thunder on Bubba uh, and attempts to sort a monkey flip from the corner um, on Devon. But Dudley hits an egg breaker, um, which is really, really nice, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Kane hits him with a big clothesline off the top. And Bubba comes in, hits, you, hits the dusties, <laughs> the old dusty punches. <laughs> um, is that just a fat man gimmick? Like, it is. It's yeah. stupid. What is it? Um, <laughs> it Kane... makes the opposition look like a knob. He's just standing there waiting for a punch. <laughs> like, fucking hell. <laughs> um, Kane grabs Bubba with his throat and Morley shows his true colours and low blows him. Um, throws Kane out and tries to close line RVD but misses and lays out Bubba. Um, his facials are absolutely fantastic when he does that. Yeah. Devon sees it. And he comes in, and the crowd are starting to get pops. Obviously, Bubba's the one that's signing with the heels. Devon's no very, very pleased. Bubba's out of the equation. It's it's just built for this. Um, mm-hmm. He batters Morley out of nowhere. Lance Storm comes in. Ah, just Morley's here's Lance Storm for no reason. Yeah, just, <laughs> where is he? <laughs> yeah, as I said, him, him and Morley were, t- were a tag team for a, for a short stint. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that's probably the only reason. Um, but... I think he'd also just come back from injury. Lance Storm, the commentator said, said, like, "Ah, right, okay. What a way to interfere in a." Fucking run the mill tag team match, uh, very good. Yeah. Just descend the, the match just descends into madness after this. It's just a yeah. body's flying everywhere. He takes mm-hmm. on D- he takes Devon out. Bubba bombed by Bubba, obviously. Um Morley then takes a three D before Kane comes back in. Cho slams Bubba. Rob Pitts a five star and the duo get the win as Chad Patton Chad Payton, Chad Patton comes down to count to three. Um so R V D and Kane win the titles and Dudley's turn back babyface, so job done right. <laughs> um, I thought it was fun you know a fun yeah. tag match everyone involved being over even Morley um, mm-hmm. worked well 13 minutes one second I thought it was alright enjoyed it we, we, we bit of a mess uh, but the crowd seemed into it so you know fair enough um, but there's no comparison to the first tag team match no uh, that, that, that will be the fir- that will be the ongoing uh, bar for <laughs> tag team matches on this podcast <laughs> So backstage we see um, Stacey Keebler confronting Tori Wilson and I'm going to do my Joey Styles impression. I can't fight! Um, mm. Never mind, I have to do backstage um, and we sort of go into the Women's Championship match. Um, so Jazz versus Trish Stratus for the Women's Championship. Holla holla, so, player, player. Yeah. Uh, so. Teddy Long comes out and cuts a promo um, for Jazz and then... Um, Jazz does her best Roman Reigns impression. Believe that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you like that man? Oh yes. Um, so Jazz and the Dudleys had attacked Trish last week, so and she's been advised not to compete here. So expect that to play in the match. Um, so yeah, I Trish, thought... Trish, Trish is injured here. Trish is Kefi injured here with bad ribs. Yeah, she's, she's uh, working. She's, 
but she's been forced to wrestle, which is the storyline against this uh, kind of this. Yeah, um, Teddy Long's a manager, uh, and this is not too long before he becomes a GM of SmackDown. Um, quite enjoyed his role here. Played played it well. Uh, this was the, see when I seen the card and I seen Ted, Jazz with Ted Long. Like, is this the match where he does it? And it was. Yes, and I was delighted to see it. <laughs> That's brilliant. So One odd fellow. Match. Um, <laughs> shall we talk a bit about Trish? Um, well, let's. Well, she's the champion here, so let's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, of course. Um, she studied biology at college and was working as a receptionist at a gym when she was approached by Muscle Mag to do a test photo shoot in 1997. Um, she would be on the cover of May 98 and sign a two year contract with the magazine as a model. Um, a good looking lady. Um, WWF took notice of her modelling work and signed her in November of 1999. Um, they sent her to Sully's gym where she would be trained by, trained by Ron Hutchison. Um, if you don't know who he is, he used to be the head trainer for the NWWL. Do you know what that is, Stuart? Nope. It's the <laughs> Naked Women's Wrestling League. Oh, um, right. <laughs> no, you know, I've not heard about that, mate. <laughs> um, how can you know? I mean, it's so renowned. Um, um, I mean, it's right, was that part of the NWA? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he had a, he had a short step with WBF in the mid-80s, but I think it was mainly just enhancement talent on the, the Canadian cards and stuff like that. Okay. Um, Trish would debut in March 2007, where she would be the valet to test in Albert, of course being TNA. Mm. Um, not the TNA you're thinking of. She had no issues getting involved, being put through a table by the Dudleys and taking a stink face from Rikishi very, very long after, sorry, not, not very long after starting. Um, so, very happy to earn her stripes, it would seem. Um, mm-hmm. TNA would feud with the Hardy Boys, which naturally led to her first feud against Lita, um, culminating in an Indian strap match between the two on Raw. Um, TNA would disband later in the year and Trish would compete unsuccessfully for the Women's Championship on a few occasions before being for being part of the McMahon's storyline in early 2001. Um, Vince would flip with her next to his institutionalised wife, Zombie Linda. Um, yes. Would, yes. Yes, what <laughs> um, Which would lead to, obviously, Trish and Steph having a match at No Way Out. Um, which, which wasn't was, bad. Which was marked out, move mm, by move, um, yeah. overbooked to hell, but was done very well, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she would lose and over the next couple of weeks be publicly embarrassed by Vince even told to bark like a dog no, in her underwear um, she would slap Vince at the main 17 match against Shane to gain some sort of retribution for that um, turning her face and led her into wrestling more often um, she would eventually win the title at Survivor Series 2001 and would feud with Jazz for a while before dropping the title post-Royal Rumble back to her so it was a sort of hot potato and affair back then mm-hmm. um, with the mm-hmm. title um, she would also compete at WrestleMania 18 in a triple threat with Jazz and Lita right before that was in between the Hogan Rock and the Triple H Jericho match um, so not, not a bad place to be if you're looking at it on, on paper anyway um, yeah but in reality you're definitely the piss break match for the exactly, main event yeah if you wanted that either exactly um <laughs> She would win the title a second time before dropping it to Molly Holly at June, in June at King of the Ring. Um, win it back unforgiven for her third reign. So she's firing through three reigns in a year. Um, How she would feud, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, she would feud with Victoria for a while. Um, they had a good storyline where Victoria and her were both models for the same magazine, um, which I believe was true. Um, and Trish went to wrestling before Victoria, so they sort of worked that and then mm-hmm. she left Victoria behind, which was nice. I've just finished yeah. watching that on um, my current personal stint of wrestling. Oh, um so um, she was hooked up with Jeff Hardy twice in storyline, but both times the storyline would get pulled. Um, so that was her on-screen boyfriend. I think the first time Trish got injured and the second time Jeff Hardy was released um, just after WrestleMania 19, I believe, uh, or just before in March 2003. So um, 
Trish would win the title for a fourth time by defeating Victoria and Jazz at WrestleMania 19. Um, and over the next few months, she would feud with Gail Kim, who was new on the scene, uh, Molly Holly, and before Lita returned, um, and they two would team up. Um, see, people seem to remember her and Lita having really elongated feuds, but there wasn't an awful lot between them, actually, looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it was well done enough for people to remember it. I, I, I always uh, considered uh, Jazz to be... Trish's kind of main rival, and then obviously leading into Mickey James. But I, I mean, Lita was always there and thereabouts, but I never ever considered yeah. the main rival. Obviously, they, they were the two best women wrestlers, but they didn't cross paths as, as often as people thought they did. Yeah, obviously, Lita had quite a lot of injuries. Um, yeah. So she, as I was going through this, um, she was out quite a lot of time. Um, so it was one of those ones. Um, they had a storyline with Chris Jericho and Christian. Um, they would both try and score a date with Trish and Lita as a bet, um, but they were sort of found out. However, Jericho was a baby face and he was actually looking for a date with Trish, whereas Christian was making it a bet. Um, so that sort of played out. Trish would eventually turn heel at WrestleMania 20, um, siding with Christian, um, which was a decent storyline, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I remember looking back and it was quite shocking when she did turn all, heel. All the um, blonde Canadians in the one feud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the garden. Um, <laughs> Stratus would capture her, her fifth reign in June um, and losing it to returning Lita in December before capturing it again at New Year's Revolution in 2005. So that was a short um, title loss. Um, and she drops it back to Lita at WrestleMania. Sorry, she would have dropped it back to Lita at WrestleMania 21, um, but Lita was injured again and couldn't compete. So she had a short feud with Christy Hemi. Um, nice. She then entered her storyline with Viscera, if you remember, the world mm. lar- world's largest love machine. Um, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he, and he not, would... a, not a nice of a velvet tracksuit as the world's greatest tag team were in earlier. <laughs> no, quite not. Much more a set of curtains because of the size of the bastard. Um, bastard. <laughs> Uh, he would write her off TV um, by splashing her. She actually had a herniated disc, um, so she took four months off. However, they kept the title on her and just never had it on TV, um, which is very bizarre. Um, rare, very rare these days. Yeah, so she would come back um, and she would have Mickey James. Um, so she would feud M- Marina first and then Mickey James would appear um, as Trish's biggest fan. Um, Storyline developed into a sort of lesbian angle, it was a little bit tasteless at times, um, but it culminated in turn- James turning heel, winning the title from Trish Stratus at WrestleMania 22, um, ending her 448 day title reign. Um, they would have a couple of rematches. Um, she would team with Carlito um, for a while as well. Um, so they could take on Lita and Edge. What did you make of the Mickey James storyline and stuff like that? Uh, I thought it was good. I did think it was good. I liked the, uh, when she when Mickey came out and kind of copycatted uh, Trish's yeah. gimmick and look and stuff. I, I thought it was good. Um, for for women dressing at the time, it was a big time story. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, September 2006 at Unforgiven um, in her hometown she would beat Lita and retire as a seven times women's champion um, so she won a title and then vacated that straight afterwards yeah. um, to retire which is quite bizarre as well um, you know that whole going out on your back sort of thing um, didn't exist for Trish then um, but it was a hometown win so you can sort of palm it off can't you um, yeah definitely definitely so she's made sort of sporadic appearances since then. Um, she had a match at WrestleMania 27, teaming with John Morrison and Snooki, um, which was obviously legendary. Um, she's mm-hmm. from Jersey Shore or something like that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, she would also be in the inaugural Women's Royal Rumble match. Um, Number 30. She would face Alicia Fox and Mickey James at Evolution, the first all-women's um, pay-per-view, um, partnered, partnered up with Lita. She was supposed to face Alexa Bliss, I believe, but I think she got injured just before right. um, and had to change the match. Um, and then she had her final match so far against Charlotte at SummerSlam last year in a losing effort. Um, 
Trisha's got a yoga studio, um, I believe, in Canada, and her and her husband have two children. So she's moved on from wrestling. She's doing very, very well. Um, seven women's title reigns, an inspiration to many stars of today, uh, and it was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2013, rightfully so, in my opinion. And I think it's safe to say she earned that spot, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you look at those kind of first couple of years, man. She was always in a featured match at Mania, um, out with WrestleMania 21, where she was obviously in that injured. Uh, she was out injured. I mean... Not not bad at all. Yeah, well, I was uh, just because I've been watching back the two thousand and two stuff. I, there's not been many rows where she didn't open the show. It's ridiculous how many times her entrance team would be the first thing they played mm. after the pyro and stuff like that. Um, they they you know they used her well and people played, enjoyed played watching her. Yeah, yeah. Um, she so, bit, she shook off the the bimbo look. You know what I mean? Obviously, she did always have a bimbo look, but she she could wrestle. Yeah, is fair enough. You know, people people have said as well she she worked harder than anybody. Yeah, um, abs- oh, absolutely. And she, she wanted to be more than just a model and a good yeah. girl. Um, yeah, main evented Robbie Lita back in that era. Was it two thousand three that happened? Yeah, yeah. Would have been. I mean, that was groundbreaking at the time. It's, it's ridiculous to think about that. Actually, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so. And to the match, um, Charles Robinson, did you like his hair? He's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a curry short and he's spiked it up. He's, he's, like, oh, um, right. he's revisiting his 1998 WCW look where he looks like fucking, um, he looks like the Bart Simpson haircut man. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the spiked up. Oh, yeah. Boy, I love it, mate. I love it. He's, this was his midlife crisis, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Trish goes for a roll up early um, before Jazz takes over working the injured ribs. Um, Trisha versus a sidewalk slam into a nice turtle whirl, um, which is okay. Jazz takes over pretty quickly, and the story of the match is really just Trish selling her ribs um, yeah, and taking yeah. a beating. Um, Jab, she, um, tr- uh, Jazz goes up on the top, and Trish goes for a sort of handstand head scissors thing that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jazz grabs her leg and sort of jumps off the top, but it just Trish just goes splat. It's awkward. Um, she uh, locks in a single leg Boston. Yeah, um, locks in the Boston grab after. I thought that was a nice spot, to be honest with you. Um, it was, I, I thought it was, mm-hmm. a, it was nice and, a nice idea. But mm-hmm. it just didn't didn't execute well. Um, uh, Trish's uh, STF attempt is fucking awful, man. It's worse than Cena's. I, I say it's still better than Cena's, to be honest. <laughs> I would disagree entirely. <laughs> <laughs> At least she tries to pull the heat back. Cena just yeah. cuddles your heat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, uh, so STF. Teddy pushes her up towards Jazz so she can get out of that, um, which is nice. Trish throws some forearms and some chops before hitting the kick. Kick. Um, only gets the two. Jazz then hits a big drop kick for a two of her own. Um, Trish hits the Stratisfaction, which is the sort of bulldog um, mm-hmm. springing off the top. Um, and as she goes for the cover, she gets hit with a shoe. Um, <laughs> Who throws a shoe? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Very long shoe. Um, now the ref stops and he looks to the outside and Teddy just, he's got he this plain impression on his face. It's brilliant. Oh, he just points at the fan. Going, he goes, what? And then he just turns around and points at the guy in the front row. And he gets up and he gets up. He's like, listen to me. <laughs> so good, man. So, so good. <laughs> this was brilliant. I had to pause it because I was laughing my head off. Yeah, but I was—I think it was Teddy's face that sold it for me. Like He—he he just totally acted as if nothing had harmed him. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Poker face. Yeah. Jazz <laughs> reverses a sorry. Trish throws the shoe back at Teddy, and then Jazz reverses a sunset flip, sits on the pin, and uses the rope for the three count. So we have a new women's champion uh, in five minutes and fifty seconds. Um, <laughs> this was a good match. I quite enjoyed this, to be honest. Uh, it's. Um, um... It's not a bad match if you know where your standards of expectations lie at this era. Um, it was good. I liked the Teddy spot. That was probably the spot of the match. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that, like you just can't make that up. It's just, it's just so creative, but really, really well done. Um, 
and uh, as we said there, Trish would have won that title back at some point. Um, but I, I quite like Jazz. It's something that probably hasn't mm-hmm. spoken about enough. Um, but she was a real, really good heel. Um, I think she she was on AEW three well there as well. Um, so she's still kicking around um, on the wrestling scene. So we see Booker T backstage with HBK asking him if he's ready, and he says, oh, "I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about this guy." And it's Kevin Nash. Um, who says basically he's ready, but as long as they leave Triple H for him. So there's a six man tag later on in the night. Um, so that's what we're talking about here. Sort of NWO of 2002 reunited, minus Big Show. Um, okay. If you remember that, HBK came back with his daft hat on. Um, oh, yeah. In, in, <laughs> in probably the best shape of his life. Ah, it looked great, to be honest. Um, so next match. Um, match of the night, son. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked this simply as a treat for you, Stuart. <laughs> oh, delighted. Fucking delighted. Um, so the, the match comes from Rey Mysterio embarrassing Big Show and SmackDown the last couple of weeks. Um, basically knocking him on his farce as a storyline. Um, mm-hmm. God, is show heavy here, man. Oh, he's massive. Jeez. <sighs> He does his little pop up out the floor with the pyro. Um, that's decent. I always quite like that. Um, I actually forgot he used to do that. To be honest with that's you, right. mm-hmm. watching this back. Um, well, he's not long debuted here. In fairness, yeah. So he was only uh, the previous year. Because um, if you're a SummerSlam, yeah, so about, if... even a year in yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the story is obviously power versus speed. Um, David versus Goliath. They love that storyline, don't they? Yeah, that fucking... can't get nah. uh, The bell rings before Ray gets in the ring. Um, mm, that was so. Odd. Yeah, so Big Show sort of goes out to get him, gets out pace, Ray comes in and baseball sides him, um, and then drop kicking him as he's coming back in, so he nearly knocks him on his arse again. Um, he gets caught by Show in the corner, eats a fucking huge shot, he tries to take his fucking chest off. Um, you can't see me right now, but I'm smiling ear to ear. Ray slides to the outside, and then Big Show just sort of pulls him in, you know those sort of grabbing machines you get? Were you on a teddy? <laughs> a, boop, up you come. Oh, um, yes, love it. Fantastic. Um, Ray hangs him up on the top rope and then his, goes for a springboard. The big show sort of catches him um, and starts just beating on him with some power moves and stuff like that. Steps on him. Um, it doesn't look like he lets up when he does that. Um, military press slam. Ray must weigh nothing to him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Just holds him up there for ages. Mm-hmm. Um Ray Mysterio lands on his feet. Big Show slaps him on the back, knocking him all the way to the outside of the ring, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Out you go, son. Uh, be pat in the back, boom, knocked him about 40 feet. Fantastic. Um, we get Ray Mysterio comes back in the ring. He hits him with a steel chair. Um, the referee can't see it. Um, he goes up to the top, hits the flying sent on for a two count. He then hits a 619 to the gut. Another one to the back of the leg, and before hitting the f- one in the, to the face, of course, for the third. Um, and Taz, without hesitation, using his degree in Steiner Maths, and calls it the 1857. That's 3619s. <laughs> Thank he you very much, that, Taz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He pulled that right out of his arse, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, Big Show catches the West Coast pop in midair and choke slams a little man right through the fucking ring. Not mm-hmm. literally, but almost. Mm-hmm. Um, gets a three count, three minutes and 47 seconds. Um, before we get into the afters, the match was actually very, very good. It was. Um, mm-hmm. Booked to perfection, spot yep. by spot. Told the fantastic story of Ray trying to embarrass him. As, he, as you said, the David versus Goliath. Oh. Probably done right here. Um, yep. But then once Big Show got his offence in, it looked brutal. Especially that choke slam in the end. You know, stiff as a board he didn't, yeah. he didn't put him down lightly um, EMTs, so, sorry, so anyway like, fuck, fuck the match yeah that 
<laughs> that's the I'll let you take over here. So Enjoy yourself. For, for some reason, Rey Mysterio needs a, an ambulance board, a stretcher board to come and get him in the ring, despite only taking a choke slam. I know it's a big choke slam, but it's, still, it's only a choke slam. So he's on the board. Uh, big Show comes back down the ring, picks Rey Mysterio up, who is strapped to the board, and fucking baseball bat swings him into the ring post, and he lands flat on his fucking face, and I was so happy. Oh. I loved every single minute of it. You know, I watched this obviously when, when when it was on here. I remember watching it from Donks ago. It's one of those ones that always get replayed. Is how wrestling wrestling can be dangerous, etc. You know, um, <laughs> but this one, he lands on his face and it looks absolutely sickening. As good. After you, but they showed it later on in the night. Is that it's just a, a sort of replay, um, and I still fucking flinched when I watched it. <laughs> I was still like, oh, and I was like, that's just one of those ones you never get used to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Ray gets rolled away after that. It's it's quite genuinely, it's an awesome spot, but it's still quite terrifying. Um, it's just the way he lands. It's not the fact that he gets pounced off the post. It's the way he lands right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so backstage, Lillian Garcia interviews Triple H, Ric Flair, and Chris Jericho about their six-man match. Um, Jericho's grown a little handlebar tash mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Um, they cut promos on all three guys later on, and they sort of pair off. So Jericho's going to take on Michaels. They had a match at WrestleMania 19. Um, Flair's going to pair up with Booker T. Obviously, he wrestled Triple H, but Triple H is now moved on to Nash, so he naturally gets Don't Booker him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so. Tori and Stacey are still fighting backstage, and Big Papa Pump makes his appearance. Um, <laughs> comes to the rescue and carries Stacey. Tess comes out, and we cut away with him asking what Stacey is doing with that loser. Watch your fucking mouth. Um, <laughs> how dare you, fucking jobber. Um, rapey bastard. Next up, it's not um, Extreme Rules 2013. It is <laughs> mm. Brock Lesnar vs. John Cena WWE Championship match. I, did, I had no idea this match ever happened. Um <laughs> Have you seen the the tournament bracket that Cena won to get here? Yes. Holy uh, shit, he has beat some people in there. So the, people think John Cena was pushed when he had the title. Fuck me, wait till you see this. Uh, Unbelievable. So Lesnar is a champion. He'd injured John Cena. I don't know if it was kayfabe or real, to be honest with you, but he F5'd his leg into the ring post. Um, a similar spot he did with Angle back in um, December. Cena won a tournament, as you said. He beat Eddie Guerrero, Undertaker mm. and Chris Benoit to get this match. Um, what a rob, man. Big time. Um, of course, we're in the midst of the, the thugonomics phase here. Um, and part of the storyline here, which I thought was a cool note, uh, the name FU for Cena's finisher was a mockery of Lesnar's F5. Yeah. Um, this is the food that it actually came from. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I just thought like, made it up. No, <laughs> no. Um, so Cena comes out, cuts a rhyming promo, and he's wearing uh, a Yankees shirt, which gets a nice Yankees such chat. Such chat. Uh, it wasn't great. I mean... This is Cena's home home state in Massachusetts, and he's he's trying to get some heat. But they just end up booing the Yankees jersey. Yeah, they're not, not actually they're not booing him. They're booing New York. So um, I seen this match. And I thought, right, I'm go- I'm looking forward to this to seeing a match where uh, Brock still cared about work rate uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So yeah, let's get in that. Yeah. So Lesnar's got a bandaid on his head. Um... He's got the fantastic you know, undisputed title on his waist as well. Oh, um, it's my favourite title. Yeah, so nice. uh, Cena had split Lesnar uh, with a steel chain and the title on SmackDown a few days before this. I think SmackDown was airing on Thursdays or Fridays yeah. at, at this point. Yeah. Um, did you Did you notice as well, Cena just talking about his, his Yankees jersey? He's also wearing wrestling boots, which is strange because I always remember Cena wearing trainers. I never even S- noticed sneakers. Sorry, Yanks. Yeah, um, he must still he must still have been in half transition because obviously yeah. he wore the actual wrestling gear as when he came in as normal John yeah, Cena. Yeah. Um, 
I never even noticed that mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Um, so Cena jumps a gun, uh, beating on Brock Lesnar into the corner, but Brock catches him and delivers two big backbreakers and a fallaway slam. Um, you would never see him do that nowadays. <laughs> I can see that about everything, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> he soon goes into a front face lock, um, and as Cena stands up, he sort of modifies the hold into a fisherman suplex, which is fantastic. Yeah. He, he does the he barely moves; he just hooks the leg. Um, very nice transition. Gets Cena up for the military press slam, holds him up there for a few seconds, and drops him on the mat. Very, very nice again. Um, they go outside, and Cena gets thrown into the announce table um, before he finally turns the tide, firing Lesnar into the steel steps and opening up that cut on his forehead. Mm, um, nasty. Big time, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that allows Cena to take control um, Brock gets sort of draped on the middle rope and Cena has his leg drop um, off of Brett's rope of course um, <laughs> blood is pouring for Lesnar at this point um, and Brock keeps taking the beating before he's able to hit a big spine buster um, that takes both men down for the referee's count Lesnar gets up puts some knees on Cena and takes a jawbreaker before a clothesline um, and John Locke's in a chin lock so Randy Orton special here um, <laughs> before it was famous there's a Let's Go Cena chant at one point. Obviously, John being the heel was strange, but obviously, as you said earlier on, mate, this is where he's from. It's Massachusetts. Um, so that's simply why. Um, the chin lock goes on for quite a while, to be honest with you. Um, Brock gets up with Cena on his back, runs him into the corner three times and hits some close, close lines before a big Braun Strowman-like power slam for a two count. Um, big spears in the corner before another power slam. Um, Lesnar almost pushed into the referee, but he sort of stops himself. But obviously, that diverts the referee's gaze and allows Cena to hit the low blow um, which gets a two count um, Lesnar then picks up Cena and runs him into the corner and John sort of head slips underneath the top rope it fucking looked dangerous yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it was, he just sort of just dropped too it. low mm-hmm. um, and uh, he avoided any, any any damage but it could be worse um, mm-hmm. Cena then gets the chain and the referee takes it from him um, and Brock hits the F5 for the three count and retains WWE Championship um, I thought it was an okay match it was a bit of stalling in some clumsy spots here and there they hadn't quite didn't seem to click um, at times yeah um, obviously they're not polished performers at this point either no um, but I mean Brock Lesnar probably never was but <laughs> no but two guys that went through developmental together, you'd think they sh- at this point they should be able to have a fucking flawless match with each other. Not so much yeah. everybody else, but together um, they should be able to have that match. I thought it was very, very start-stop and really, really best in parts. Um, commentators are obviously trying to get over uh, Brock Lesnar's strength, but Cena's uh, uh, clearly stronger. You can see it yeah. with body type and control of slams and stuff like that. Cena is stronger by a country mile. Yeah, Brock Lesnar's certainly more powerful, but uh, in terms of straight up strength, mm-hmm. yeah, no bother. Um, I thought it was still an enjoyable title match. Oh, it was um, good. Oh, absolutely. Good for a B pay per view. And yeah. it's good as, an, as a continuation feud in terms of Lesnar ca- carrying on with the title. Um, a good solid challenger, but he'll move on from that one, you know what I mean? You can um, tell at this point the company has seen something big in Cena. He is getting. Big time. The rocket is on his back and it's just about to get ignited. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's a big time sort of. Era for wrestling, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got these two guys fighting for the championship who a year ago had only debuted. Yeah. Which this, is yeah, this is your next. This is your next fifteen years of wrestling unfolding in front of you at the moment. Yeah. And fair enough. Ridiculous to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we get a six-man tag match. Um, I would like to not talk about this as much as this, <laughs> as little as possible. <laughs> yeah. So it's Nash, Michaels, and Booker T versus Ric Flair, Cherico, and Triple H. Um, so Nash had come back post WrestleMania 19 to save HBK from an attack by Triple H, Flair, and Jericho. Um, as I said earlier on, the, the main matches with Triple H and Booker T and Michaels and Jericho, which is very, very good. Um, that's how they're all sort of intertwined into this feud. Um, you know, 
after WrestleMania, it always seems to be a bit of a downtime in terms of their feuds and stuff like that. Obviously, Triple H has got the world title at this point, so it's quite bizarre that he's just been thrown in a six tag at a pay per view. Um, I actually had no idea he was a champion at this point. <laughs> I actually noted him in the. He's like, I'll skip entrances and stuff like that because it's a long pay per view. Yeah. I had noted and I had to go back and edit what I, what I said because I said, unless Triple H has got the world title, he's not interested. But I then realised that he actually had the world yeah, title. Yeah, did have it. Holy fuck. Wow. Yeah. He did not look interested in this match at all. Um, why can he not be in a world title match against Nash or Booker getting his rematch? Yeah, See, they're, trying, they're trying to build this further. But they could have had Nash and Michaels against Flair and Jericho as a tag match. And yeah. then could have had Booker and Triple H like shed. Exactly. And then Nash could get involved later on or whatever. You know, just, mm-hmm. but just, I just felt a bit... This is, this, is a, this is a raw main event. The, you know that's I mean? exactly, I've wrote that word for word. This yeah. is a raw main event match. Uh, um, it's got no business being in pay-per-view. But they obviously can't not have Triple H on pay-per-view in 2003 because he's a dick. I mean, this is prime cunt Triple H in this mm. era. Just, he's flexing over everyone. Just has to be in the spotlight. Um, did you... Um... Did you... I know you said you don't know anything on entrances, but did you listen to Booker T's entrance theme on this? No. It's the fucking techno that or something. Oh, have they? It's, I'm like, what oh, the fuck uh, this is the one that he used with uh, Goldust as the tag team, if I recall. Oh, yeah, I know. I, what you're, don't I know. Ex- I know exactly what you're speaking. You're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just uh, that just blew my mind. Uh, yeah. Triple H and his wee little purple trunks. Um, yeah, as well, which is uh, just fucking just bizarre. Go straight, go straight to the finish because nothing, nothing happened in this match. Literally, nothing happened. No, I, <laughs> very, I say, it, was, it was very much trying to build Nash and Triple H getting in there together because mm-hmm. they hadn't got in there together yet. Um, it looks, it looks like a match that's been slapped together at the last minute. Yeah, a lot goes on at the end with just fucking madness, everybody in and out. Yeah. Um, Nash hits the jackknife powerbomb on Jericho before Triple H hits Nash with a sledgehammer for the three count as the finish. Um, there was a weird ref bump as well where they tried to wait on Nick Patrick getting in a position, mm-hmm. um, which was just awkward. It was Nash and Flair and he wasn't in position and he was just they were just moving around the ring with a choke on and it was fucking weird. Yeah. Um, so 17 minutes 51 seconds this one goes and that finish was the only thing of note um, I, I, I turned it off after this man I was scunnered watching I, I watched the rest of the pay-per-view in one sitting got to this match turned it off yeah oh, as we say it's an end of Raw match it was it just is, poor yeah. um, I mean it wasn't a terrible match it, it was, was okay for what it, it was, was just in their standalone <laughs> but they put it in there for 17 minutes on a pay-per-view yeah. right before a fucking big main event Nah, no for it me. Was, uh, it was the worst match in the card by a mile. Uh, by an absolute mile. And that's including the Sean O'Hare match. It was that bad. Don't watch this match. It was terrible. So next we see Michael Cole and Taz, like I spoke about earlier. Um, they're just relating back to Ray and Big Show um, earlier on. I like how ta- Taz takes his sunglasses off to show the seriousness of the attack. Um, <laughs> it's a small thing. Uh, <laughs> that's why he's one of the best of all. <laughs> One of the best. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Ah, um, I settled down, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's time for your main event. Mm. Uh, Goldberg versus The Rock. Um, yeah. See, refer to my above comment about Brock regarding Goldberg. <laughs> but he still cares about work rate and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're at Hollywood. Holly, Hollywood. 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 Rock. Um, <laughs> so he beat Steve Austin at WrestleMania 19 in the end of their trilogy matches. Um, and he's now done it all. Mm-hmm. Um, he's beating all the stars. He said he's leaving until Goldberg arrives. Um, Goldberg had worked in Japan for a while after a year or so sitting out his WCW contract um, and same with WWE in March of 2003. So this was going to be his debut match. Um, the Roxy work was just fantastic at this point. 
this is probably my favourite incarnation of The Rock. Um, just the kind of Hollywood wanker. Yeah, you're just he's just better with those. Yeah, but he still, um, it was still there to do business, like putting over guys like Shane Helms and stuff like that. Like he does not need to put over someone low down in the card like that. I know that was obviously a couple of years later, but it's still the same persona. What a guy, man! What an absolute professional. Yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he, he doesn't get credit for it because he does now because everybody knows how humble he is mm-hmm. um, and what a genuinely nice guy he is. Um, so, so fair play to him. But as you say, in the wrestling business, he didn't have to do that because no, he was such not. a big name. Yeah. He could, you know, he could bark his orders. Um, Goldberg was um, paid by WCW two and a half million a year, and it would have been three and a half million in his final year, um, which is just a ridiculous amount. Mm. Um, God knows what it was on when he went to WWE, but I imagine it was about a quarter of that. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah. Um, so, The Rock's first answer to Goldberg um, for the challenge of Backlash was, nah. Which um, <laughs> 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 is fantastic. Oh, it's uh, good. It's if you're if you're not going to watch this match, watch the build. The build is the build's good. Brilliant. The build is fantastic. Um, he said Goldberg was a big fish in a small pond at WCW. Well, he's a whale and a, and a teardrop. Fucking <laughs> what a line, man! Yeah. Who writes this shit for him? Was it mm. Gerwitz or <laughs> it was uh, Gerwitz? Uh, um, he's now. I'm, I believe he's now part of the Rock's actual kind of production team. I believe but, he is. Yeah, yeah. I believe he is. Um, he gets a lot of credit for a lot of stuff back then. Because um, he's brilliant. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be paying him big money to come probably enough not at the minute with all the releases that's been going on. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we also had the, the, the famous rock concert um, where he took the piss out of Goldberg and then mm-hmm. led him with a chair eight times, um, which is just very, very good again. Um, so Goldberg's has got a, a, a concussion in this match. I don't think it's shoot. Um, I don't believe I've seen him sell that once. No, they, if they you tried to think about it, but they just got me. If you hadn't told me that, I wouldn't have realised. Yeah, the, the commentator said right at the start, but nah, it doesn't work at all. Um, so we cut to the rock backstage, warming up, and he's getting interviewed by Terry. Um, he says the only thing he hasn't done is make a white baby. Um, he mocks <laughs> Goldberg's facials. Just a hilarious rock promo, to be honest with you. Um, he is, to quote Tina Turner, simply the best he on is. that microphone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then his closing line, I believe, was your whisker, your whisker biscuit, bald headed bitch. I don't know what half of that means, but it sounds good. <laughs> uh, we get the Hollywood Rock entrance, the slow build with the helicopter. It's cooking. Brilliant, isn't it? Mm. Um, then Goldberg headbutts a door. You want to stop doing that? You're going to hurt somebody. Um, two huge stars in their own right in the main event of a B pay per view. Bring it on. Um, 100%. As we said in, in the, the Batista episode, you know, about him and Triple H, sorry, uh, you know, in Batista's retirement match, how that could have benefited a B pay per view. This is how it works, you know. You put yeah. that on a main event of B pay per view, people are going to buy it for that match. Yeah. You know, um, you're absolutely spot on that. So thoroughly enjoyed the, the fact that this was even on here and the build-up was really, really good. It was mm-hmm. worth knowing. Um, the Rock Scarpers when Goldberg gets in the ring, um, <laughs> which is just brilliant. Yeah, like, I love The Rock marking out to himself as he outsmarts Goldberg. Like, he's, just, yeah. he's just cheering them. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, so he still was bit, quite a bit before getting back in the ring. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a famous day um, because I'm about to credit Jerry Lover for one of the best performances on commentary for a long time. Holy smokes. Um he was really, really good in this match. Um, he, He's not a fan of Goldberg. Alongside The Rock's cockiness, he gave that the perfect garnish. Mm-hmm. He refused to admit that The Rock was scared. Yeah. Um, when The Rock 
so they get into the ring and they're doing a test of strength thing where Goldberg's pushing him around and he's making excuses for the rock. He's saying, you know, the referees want to check that ring for perspiration and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was on the money for this match. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll bring him down when he deserves it. But on this occasion, um, he gets he gets a thumbs up from me. For, for the second mention of this podcast, it was very Bobby Keenan-like on commentary. Just making excuses for his guys, that kind of thing. Nah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done, Jerry. Ah, uh, good time. Was yeah. <laughs> that episode eleven? Uh, yeah, it's taking me well. <laughs> uh, um, the second time he gets pushed outside of the ring, which is just fantastic. It was like the sort of Austin bump off the stunner, where he would just sort of flop about like a flop fish. About, yeah. Um, he comes back in straight away and just slaps Goldberg right in the mouth, which is fantastic. <laughs> Goldberg smiles, and then they just get going. Hits the rock with some punches and some knees, and knocks him down with a big shoulder tackle and clotheslines him out the ring. Um, the rock starts to you know stall again. He's going to leave. Goldberg's getting amped up, um, and then he sort of comes to the apron, jumps up, that suckers Goldberg in, and hangs him up on the top rope. So a bit of, a bit of mind games there to, to mm-hmm. get what he needed. Um, and he comes in, he clotheslines him, and he celebrates like he's just fucking clotheslined Andre the Giant. Um, he, got, he just started, as you said, marking it for himself. Cheering <laughs> um, as if he just won the title. It was brilliant. Um, so Goldberg out of nowhere hits a rock bottom. Um what did you make of Goldberg's rock bottom? It was more of a bookend, because he's bookend. It was much, uh, much higher <laughs> in terms of his leg. He yeah. spiked him a bit. It was very, very yeah. nice, actually. Yeah. Um, Goldberg goes for the spear. Rocky sidesteps it, and he hits the corner hard. Um, oh, he marks out for himself again here. <laughs> yep, but he scuds that corner. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, I've seen guys, you know, they sort of have a wee run at it and then push themselves through. He just threw himself at it. Well, like, it's a famous spot for WCW as well, where Goldberg actually knocked himself out by doing that. Like, like legit shoot, uh, yeah. ran into the ran into the turnbuckle and knocked himself out. <laughs> Fucking off, man. Was a belter. So he's hurt his right shoulder here, um, which is sort of worked into the storyline a wee bit. Um, Rocky, uh, I just said he marks out for himself, and then he lays in his shaky leg kicks, which are the best kicks in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, imagine he did that in an actual fight. That's see you. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the kind of overly dramatized moves that he does. Yeah, um, but he looks in his sharpshooter. Oh, it's terrible, man. He'd... Yeah, I've oh. written. You know, he loses his grip of the legs, and it just doesn't look great. Um... <laughs> There's a wee spot after that where, um, obviously, the referees. God, can I, he's been distracted to be doing something. He, he just punches him in the dick, man. Like, yep. <laughs> the referee's shit. So he holds on for, he holds on to the submission for the four count. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> Rocky, referee, referee starts getting in his face. Uh, and he just pushes him out of the way and whacks Goldberg in the dick. Brilliant. Um, everything The Rock does in this match is fantastic. So funny. Um, Goldberg then spears the rock, but he uses the right shoulder, silly bastard, mm-hmm. um, and couldn't get the cover because he was too busy trying to sell the shoulder. Um, he hits a sloppy power slam um, for a two and then sells his right shoulder again. Um, I'm not sure how much a power slam would hurt your shoulder. Just mm. me. Um, the Rock then hits some clotheslines, which doesn't knock Goldberg down, and then spears him. The coach calls it a spine buster, but Jerry Lawler corrects him. Bad days when Jerry Lawler's correcting you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be yeah. fair, it did look a bit spine bustery. Um, yeah. I, I, was a bit, I was a bit on the side, and the yeah, camera but... didn't help any. But, um, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, he then hits the rock bottom, but only gets a two. Um, Goldberg sort of kicks out late and made the ref look pretty stupid at this point. Did you notice this? Yeah, yeah. This absolutely. was the one. Mm-hmm. He, he was really late in the kick out, and yeah. the crowd noticed as well. Um, the rock then has a real spine buster and goes for the people's elbow and hits it, but again, only gets a two count. Um, Goldberg's first to his feet, spears the rock, and then hits him with a jackhammer for the win. 13 minutes, three seconds. Brilliant. 
I loved this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, the, like the match in terms of like wrestling, like you need to kind of a put your expectations where they should be here. Um, this was a very sports entertainment match. It was. It, this this was like so. The Triple H match was obviously the main event. This is the featured match of this pay per view. Like, yeah. he's finished. This is something extra. Um, it was certainly longer than what we're used to seeing for Goldberg. Well, certainly I was anyway. Like, oh, that's by a mile. You know, people moan about it. What he does these days, Goldberg. He's always done that. If you are moaning about Goldberg match lengths in 2020, 2019, 2018, he always did that. Fucking yeah. watch him in WCW. And you'll realise what it was all about. Yeah. Short, explosive matches. I think today as well, you know, like people talk about him and they say, oh, you, you know, he's meant to be this big star and stuff. But that was, as I say, that was Goldberg's trick. That was yeah. his one trick pony, if you like, yeah, in absolutely. that regard. Um, he was in squash matches. For whatever his streak was until Nash beat him, it was a squash match. Even when he won the title against Hogan, it was over really, really soon. Yeah, if you, if you watch back in the longer matches that you had, um, the only one that was any decent was DDP. The yeah. match you had with Regal was rotten, absolutely uh, rotten. Yeah. And that was the first time they tried to test him, mm-hmm. and it was just absolutely <laughs> shit. And, um, and Regal gets sacked for that because Goldberg was so shit. Yeah, they were trying to make him look bad, like Christ, isn't it? Don't, don't you meet a to make him look bad, you know? Exactly, exactly. Goldberg's not a wrestler. He's not a wrestler in any means. He's just an explosive guy. He's closer to an MMA fighter than he is a wrestler. But it, yeah. it got him over back in the day, so fair yeah. enough. It worked. It did yeah. work. Um, he, he'd only seen a one-year deal here, so he'd be going after WrestleMania 20 and that mm-hmm. infamous match with Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Rock would leave WWE pretty much straight after this. He would come back for WrestleMania 20, um, but he would only really be back sporadically at times throughout the years. Yeah. Um, so he was really going to film and pretty much full-time after this. Mm-hmm. So he, I mean, he put Goldberg over strong, um, as you said, at the start of the match. You know, businessman. Um Oh yeah, absolutely. Doing what he had to do. Um, put this, put Goldberg over on a main event level before he before he headed on out. So mm-hmm. fair enough to him. Um, I, I so we we'll, we'll run through the show and. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, overall, a solid B. Um, I thought it, a great, great undercard, and it was far better than the featured matches. Um, obviously, I wasn't a fan of the, the, the six man tag. Uh, that was horrible. The Shauna here match uh, was. Terrible. It would have been better if Roddy Piper wasn't there, but that's just my kind of personal uh, hatred for the man. Uh, Mysterio getting destroyed was obviously the highlight. I mean, that's yeah. just obvious. Uh, women's match wasn't bad either. Um, I'd say the pros outweighed the cons on this match, and uh, the Rock. R- the Rock was the the star of the Goldberg match as well. He just looked incredible. Yeah. Uh, anytime we get a rock match on this, I'm going to probably rate the show pretty high. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That that's almost guaranteed. Um, I, as you said, opener was an absolute. I, I I mean, if I was Dave Meltzer, I'd give it five stars just yeah. for being yeah. you know, the guys that were in there. Yeah. Um, oh, here Rikishi was what it was. Um, I probably could have done without it on a pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dudleys and RVD and Kane, I quite enjoyed it to be honest with you. Um, as you said, Molly was great. It was, it was a nice little. It was different from the other matches in terms of you know you had that extra factor there. Um, Jazz and Trish Stratus, really, really good match, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, as you said, take in mind the, the generation and the era at the time. Um, Big Show and Rey Mysterio was very, very unique. Um, thoroughly enjoyed um, the, the afters in that. I know it was brutal looking, but it worked really well and got Big Show over as a genuine heel. Um, Brock Lesnar and John Cena, two stars of tomorrow, um, put in there in a showcase match for the title. Um, did a good job. Maybe went a tad too long. 
Um, but uh, it was good to see those guys in there. Six-man tag, totally done without it. Far too long. Um, I understand they were trying to develop a storyline, but that's what TV's for. Um, so, yeah, move that all along there. Go Big and Rock, brilliant. Um, you know, two stars of sort of the 90s. Um, getting in there, two guys who've never been in there before. Um, put on a good match. As I said, a sports entertainment match, not exactly a wrestling match. Um, really, really good. And Rock was Rock was a star of the night. Um, yeah. So, I, I give the show a B plus, so slightly higher mm-hmm. than yours. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely in that area. Um, if you change a match or two um, out of the other Kishi match in the six tag and give us you know, two of the more things, a bit more substantial, um, you've probably got an A show there. Um, definitely, definitely. Very, very good. <clears throat> can you recall, cause just looking at the two stars for this pay per view, can you ever recall The Rock feeding Mega Guerrero at all? Is that, is that a thing that happened? Yes. Um, Was it? Oh, when was that? I think that was early 2002. Okay. Remember, uh, Guerrero came out on stage um, and The Rock was doing the Arriba, Arriba thing to him. Um, oh. I'm sure I had a match after that, but it wasn't, it wasn't a prolonged feud, right? And so, yeah. you, you know, you can be thinking me for missing it. But de- I remember watching that. I think it may have been The Rock after me in 18. Hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll find the answer for next week. Ah, uh, you're testing me now. Um, You've just so watched this, Sarah. <laughs> I know. Um, I de- no, it definitely did happen. I'm just trying to pinpoint when. Um, and I'm sure they had a match off the back of it, but as I said, I can't quite pinpoint exactly when that happened. Um, so, next week, um, we'll be reviewing Unforgiven In Your House 1997. Did I say that the wrong way around? In Your House Unforgiven 1997. Um, we're going it's, to review our first Inferno match. Um, it's definitely 1998. <laughs> it's a 98? It's 98. Oh, yeah, it's 1998. This is my era, mate. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, which has uh, Dude Love versus Steve Austin in the main event for the WWF title. Looking forward yeah. to that. Um, That'll be good. There's also uh, an evening gown match. <laughs> um, oh, for fuck's sake. And an NWA tag title match. Find out how that, happened, how that came about on a WWE pay-per-view. Um so that'll be an interesting show next week. Um, so join us for that. So thanks for joining me, Stuart. It's been nice. Oh, it was a pleasure, man. This was a pleasurable pay-per-view to watch. <laughs> Very good. And see you all next week. Thank you.